All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Rolling through a lovely Tuesday afternoon, Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you as you uh, make your way home. Be safe, drive slow, no rush, nothing to rush home for. The uh, Jays are now in the uh, top of the ninth or bottom of the eighth, so there's not uh, no reason to rush home just yet if you're uh, recording it because it uh, hasn't been banner. Also, if you're basically if you're an AL East fan, it hasn't been a, a banner day. Uh, at all. So um, Jays are just hoping to get out of a jam here in the bottom of the eighth runners on first and third with two outs for uh, Minnesota. Cause man, if they cash in now, whew, it's going to make it really hard for uh, the Jays in the top of the ninth and uh, Texas shut out Tampa for nothing today to get the, uh, the winning game one of that best of three. So Minnesota is uh, three outs away from ending their 18 game losing streak. I'm still blown away. 18 consecutive playoff losses. Like, that spans lots of different years, right? Obviously not a lot of guys in this team have lost 18 in a row, but that is, that's a crazy stat. That's got to be the longest losing streak in in playoff in North American uh, history. I got to look it up, but I I can't see how anybody else would lose more than that. Come on. So, not even the Giants would lose 18 in a row. Can't see it. That is the uh, longest. Yeah. Blackhawks, 16. Was the, not current, obviously, but yeah. in history, Pistons did fourteen, and the L.A. Kings did fourteen. Chicago Blackhawks sixteen. Wow, who knew? It is the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Hope you're having an awesome day. Let's get to the spec report brought to you by G.S. Construction. They are hiring right now. You want to work for a great company as they heat up. Real big fall push. Be lots of hours, lots of work. Go to Indeed.com and look up GS 
Construction, Mark Spector from uh, Rogers. Sportsnet uh, joins us. Speck, I know you're a huge baseball guy. Um, you know what? Uh, Mr. Lewis today, geez, that guy's been the difference maker. Didn't he tell Buck Martinez he wasn't sure he was going to be able to play? And then, boom, he uh, he comes out and he's killing it. Yeah, the uh, I, I, I saw Gossman throw 25 pitches before he was done the first inning, and that's a bad sign right there. You know, hey, listen, it's spring, uh, uh, fall baseball comes down to good pitching and clutch hitting. It's not very often that you get 15 hits in a game, but the six or seven or eight you get, they got to come at the right time, pal. And uh, so far, the other guys are getting them at the right time. And for what I can see, the Jays aren't. No, they started. The Jays got a little bit of rally going, you know. Bichette got thrown out at uh, home plate. I saw some people trying to say, "Oh no, it was okay." It's you know, he had to get a perfect throw. I don't care. Like it wasn't even didn't have to be a perfect throw. Guy was thrown out by eight feet. So uh, I thought that was a little too aggressive, uh, especially it could have been uh, you know, sure two outs with bases loaded and then uh, one hit and suddenly you score two. Uh, now the uh, the bases are never loaded in the preseason spec, and I know it's only the preseason, but right now Jack Campbell has been the best Oiler in the preseason for two games. He was excellent last night or where Seattle was out shooting the orders by almost a three to one margin at one point in that game. Uh, he's a, he stopped 66 of 68 in two games and he's done it looking controlled, looking confident, playing with poise, uh, looking bigger. I think like he's six yeah. foot three, right? He's kind of looking his size this year in between the pipes. Yeah. There's an economy of motion that the good goalies have. You know, I thought last year Jack Campbell was all over the place a little bit. Like when he came across to, to post to post, he wasn't just stopping at the post. He was probably heading for the bottom of the circle. <laughs> you know, he and there was a lot of holes when he came across the crease. And through a small sample size this fall, uh, he's far more economical, right? He's stopping, going post to post. That's all he's doing. And he's coming across without a five hole and under each arm open and the stick off the ice and, you know, like goalies do. So listen, it's a small sample size. He hasn't faced fully NHL lineups yet, uh, but it's a really good sign because fundamentally, right. And, and, you know, the way I'm no goalie coach, but he looks like the way the good goalies look, the way he's playing right now. How about that? Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Right. And, Obviously, uh, we'll see if, uh, if it continues. That's, uh, that's the key. It's only, uh, um, it's only one game. So, or sorry, two games and it's a preseason, but it's a, it's a big difference stylistically from what we saw last year. And, and Jack Campbell has shown for long stretches. Heck, even last year when he, when he started those nine games in a row, he played really well in January. And then, you know, he found his game in the playoffs, albeit in a limited sample size. So, and what he doesn't have to be nine forty or even nine twenty. Heck, I'm not even sure he has to be nine fifteen. If he can be nine ten, uh, the orders would be uh, ecstatic. Uh, last night, you know, we saw lots of guys that are battling for that twelfth forward spot: Raphael Lavoie, Adam Ernie, Brad Malone uh, are all in the game. Peterson wasn't in the game. Uh, Raphael Lavoie has the most shots of any Oiler, and, and that's even if you prorate his shots per 60 spec. So, yeah, I know he's played more games than some guys, but he's shooting a ton at 5-on-5. Five five. He has a goal. Last night, nothing was working in the first two periods, so they split up McDavid, Drysdale, and Hyman, and, you know, Holloway and Lavoie got to play with McDavid and, you know, didn't look out of place by any stretch of the imagination. Um, where are you with two games to go? Do you feel this is Raphael Lavoie's job to lose? No, I don't. 
You know what? Raphael Lavoie is not a centerman. So I think that if, if you're a, I mean, this loss of Sutter throws everything out into the wind here, right? Everything we thought, or certainly everything I thought, uh, stopped being that way when Sutter said, I can't play hockey. You know, the I know that Ken Holland was hoping it would be Sutter. It turns out it wasn't. So you go to plan B and plan B, I mean, your top centerman here is probably Lane Peterson. And, you know, he's okay. But is he worth putting Lavoie on waivers for? I'm not so sure. Sutter was. If Sutter was healthy, they'd have put Lavoie on waivers. Now I'm not sure they want to do that for Lane Peterson. Uh, Malone, I don't know. I can't get over the, the, I can't get over the fact that Malone bought a house in Bakersfield. <laughs> and his wife and his child are there. I don't think he's staying in Edmonton, Jay. Okay. I think he's going back to Bakersfield no matter what happens. So, and Sam Gagne was it was sort of a the second outside horse for that centerman spot. Well, he's not playing anymore. So, you know what? Whatever the solution is, Jay, I'm not sure they have it in camp right now. Here's my out-of-the-box idea, because I'm not sold that it's Derek Ryan. No, I'm not. Either are they, or they wouldn't have done all this stuff. Yeah, so... And Ryan played quite well in the playoffs with McLeod and Fogel. Now, I know he's played very well, and some might not like it, but I could I could find a way, and I could be convinced to say I'm going to play Dylan Holloway at center with Raphael Lavoie and Matthias Janmark, and I'm going to get Holloway on those 30 seconds on the second unit power play, but I'm also, spec, going to play him five-on-five five in the shift after a penalty kill because some of my top six guys, whether it's Kane, whether it's Hyman, whether it's Nugent Hopkins, are on the penalty kill. And so there's a way to get a shift or two extra after penalty kills with Holloway with either Dry Settle or McDavid, right? So there are ways to do it if you want. I, just, I like Holloway's speed down the middle. And man, I know he's not a right shot and, you know, he's, he's not necessarily great in face off. So there, there'd have to be a little, uh, you know, maneuvering here or there, but I could be talked into that. I just, I like Holloway's size and speed more down the middle than Derek Ryan at this stage of his career. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's. let's talk about what we're expecting from a fourth-line center, you know. Uh, there's a couple things here to chew on. I, I would, I like the ice time and opportunity Holloway gets as a third-line winger, especially if we start playing 11-7 and seven around here. Uh, I don't want to be, I don't want a prospect on my fourth line if we're playing 11-7, and seven. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Derek Ryan could play for my team every day at this stage as long as he's my fourth-line right-winger. If he's my fourth-line center, I need more, right? I need more. To win a cup, I need more. Nothing against Derek. I need more. I need bigger. I need a better face-off man. Uh, that's just what I need. So, you know what? I'm not saying your theory's bad, Jay. I'm not saying it's bad. But are we winning a Stanley Cup here, or are we taking a young guy and take, and, and moving him into center position for the first time in his NHL career and, and holding a big experiment here? I don't think we want to be experimenting in Edmonton. I think you want a guy that can get the job done and you know he can get the job done because you're trying to win now. You're not, you know, the days of tossing kids into roles that they're not ready for. I hope we're past that now. No, I, I totally agree. And to me, doing it to start the season isn't my solution for the Stanley Cup. It's, a, it's six months away. And yeah. just like I think the solution potentially could be done at the trade deadline, like they brought in Nick Bukestad last year, right? Like there's going to be guys out there that are cheap and don't cost you a lot if you want to go get them at the deadline as a fourth-line center. I, I think there'll be quite a few yeah. of them available, to be honest. I'm just saying to start the camp, 
that's an option I would look at uh, just to okay. see, right? Uh, just to see. Now, I, do I think it's very likely? Probably not. But it's at least one uh, you might consider. Now, maybe they just go 11 and 7, and so it doesn't matter, right? And the 12 forward won't be in the lineup on opening night. They're going to go 11 and 7, and that might be even more realistic, uh, to be honest. It's, especially if, well, if Ryan McLeod's banged up, they'll have no choice, right? So, uh, and that's the other thing, Spec. What are you hearing on McLeod and Echo? Well, Jay Woodcroft said today, looked us all in the eye and said, both those guys are going to be ready for opening night. Okay. That's what he said. So, you know, he said that they're only taking the time because they have it. He said he's de- he'd love him in right now, but he's deferring to his medical staff. And that's the party line. I haven't seen, I mean, um, McLeod's not even practicing, which I'm a little surprised at this point. He's not practicing yet. And we haven't seen Ekholm around for two weeks. So, you know what? I, I'll take Jay Woodcroft at his word. He says he thinks they're both going to be ready for game one. Uh, I'm starting to get skeptical, pal. <laughs> I got to admit it. My spidey senses are tingling on this, but I'm not going to call Jay Woodcroft a liar until they go to Vancouver and one of those guys isn't playing. And I won't call him a liar, but you know what I'm saying. Um, at this point, he says they'll play in Vancouver, so I guess that's what we expect. Yeah, and, you know, Struddy said, hey, if, if Ekholm plays one game, he thinks he'd be fine. Right, he's a veteran guy. Um, you know what? And and I, here's the thing: if Ekholm doesn't play a preseason game but is ready on opening night, I have no doubt in my mind they'll start eleven and seven. Yes, they'll probably do that. Sure, I, I've I've made my feelings known on eleven and seven. I hate it, but when you when you got only twenty one players, I think injury is gonna is gonna force your hand some days. There's gonna be days when you only have eleven forwards, so you're going eleven and seven for sure. Uh, I don't like 11 and 7 as a strategy. You know, I've said it to you a million times, Jay. Find me a defenseman who thinks 11 and 7 is any good at all. The defensemen hate it. And the two orphan wingers get a couple first period shifts. And then as the game goes on, they find themselves on the bench not playing. So I'm not a fan, pal. I'm not a fan of 11 and 7 one bit. Yeah, it, I think at times it works. Um, but you're right. It's It's got to get guys involved. I, I do think those, those, uh, those, uh, the tenth and eleventh forwards have to at least be penalty killers. Otherwise, they can get lost in the shuffle for sure. Like Yanmar can kill penalties. Derek Ryan can kill penalties, although they're not major penalty killers. But at least you can get them on, even like even if they're third unit uh, penalty killers at times, uh, it can help. So because obviously they're not going to be on your uh, even if they are on your second unit power play, they get so limited time. I'm not even sure that counts. But uh, it I will- want to ask you. I want to ask you if I want to be throwing penalty killers on that haven't been on the ice for 15 minutes. <laughs> now yeah. I'm sending you out to kill a penalty. How's my PK going to be when the guys when the guys up front don't don't even have a sweat going and they're out there? Yeah. Well, in the regular season, the eleven and seven, we didn't see those guys play that few shifts. Playoffs, you're right; it was very different. Um, in the regular season, it seemed he found ways to get them involved. So um, you're right; they don't necessarily love it, but they might have no choice. And with a 21 man roster. Um, the, if you get a guy who's banged up, well, now you're down, and regardless of who, if it's a Ford, even if he's just got a Nick spec and he's going to be out a week, well, you can't call anybody up, so you have to go 11 and 7. And then that's where the issue is where if all of a sudden you have two injuries, well, now they're going to have to play a game with only 11 and 6, most likely, yep. because, or I guess worst case scenario, 12 and 5, 
because they can't recall anyone for at least um, one game. So that that's always the risk. And there's a few teams, though. Like Toronto is likely going to have a 21-man roster. There's a few other ones that are going to start the season uh, that way this year. And you know, I think most teams are hoping that come next season when the cap goes up three, four, five million, that uh, yep. the days of 21-man rosters uh, will be in the past. Spec, have yourself a good one. We will see you at the rink, the uh, second final preseason game oh. tomorrow. Can't wait. Counting them down, baby. Counting them down. <laughs> there you go. That is uh, Mark Spector and the uh, Spec Report. And during the Spec Report, it's official. Jays lost. 3-1 to Minnesota. Minnesota ends their 18-game playoff losing streak and now lead one nothing, and it's must win for the Jays tomorrow. That's what's great about a best of three, baby. Must win for both Tampa and Toronto tomorrow. Coming up, Arizona's in Milwaukee. Miami is in Philly. Continue on. Uh, DVD joins us next on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Can text us 833-401-1440. What would you do for fun? Fourth line center. What would you do? I'm curious. Looking at all your options, who would you have if they're going 12-6 and six for fun? Who would you have as the fourth line center on opening night? I'm just curious. Let us know. 833-401-1440 in the Jason Greger Show live in Ewell Studio. We return. You know what's great about the playoffs? It's the emotional roller coaster. Everybody's excited. Your team's in and all of a sudden in a best of three, you lose game one. And now it's like, oh my God, it's over. Oh, geez. Think about Minnesota hadn't won since 2004. 19 years since they won a playoff game, and now suddenly they're one game away from winning a series. So, uh, hey, that's the pressure of the playoffs. That's what you love about it. That's what makes it so great. You're a Jays fan. You're a little disappointed right now, but you'll be, you know, you'll be tuning in, watching tomorrow, see what happens. It's just how it goes, baby. You got, what else are you going to do? Mope and just throw up their arms. The Jays players aren't going to do that. You know what? Uh, they're going to have to come out, and they're going to have to be better. There's no question about it. Right? They're going to have to be better. It's a better... Uh, Bar- Barrios uh, going up against Gray. We'll see what happens. Will the Jays have any uh, changes to the batting order? Uh, we'll see. Might be something to look at. I think there might be a few. So, something to get into. Now, let's get to the uh, oil report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. If you want to look into a finance, a demo, or a new, or certified pre-owned Volvo, you can get it as low as 1.49% right now at Canada's best Volvo dealership, VolvoVeminton.com. I'm Jason Greger, Connor Halley, as we welcome in uh, Derek Van Deest from uh, NHL.com and uh, DVD, the uh, the Edmonton orders. Hey, Jack Campbell, obviously there's lots of excitement uh, about that. Um, Xavier Borgo, I thought yesterday's game, like regardless of what he did, he wasn't going to start the season here because Edmonton's top six is, is secured. And, and I don't think it'd be make much sense to play him in the bottom six at this stage. You know, he hasn't lit it up yet in the American league, but you know what? He played five preseason games. He scored two goals yesterday. The second one, obviously was, it was the best one for him, uh, showing his uh, scoring ability. I, you know, I, I got to think overall a fairly successful preseason for Xavier Borgo. It was, and I think J.J. Woodcroft said today that was, that was his best camp since he's been here. So he had a great camp. He made a good impression. And, uh, you know, he left on, on a high. He scored two goals. I thought he was great penalty killing. Um, I thought he was all over the puck. I thought he, you know, he, he had great, good vision. So he's kind of showed what he could do at this level now. He can show that he can his game can translate from the junior level to the from the AHL and up to the NHL. Obviously, it's it's a it's a big jump from junior to the NHL. So he needed that year of junior of professional hockey under him. He struggled a bit, 
uh, you know, just finding his way, getting getting the form. But uh, he showed that he has some speed, he has some skill, uh, and he's a very effective penalty killer. And I think that you're always going to find a job in the NHL, Jason, if you can kill penalties. If you can yep. find a way to kill penalties, if you're a threat to score shorthanded goals, you're going to find your way to an NHL lineup. So I think the Oilers right now, we're very, very happy with Xavier Bergot. They know what they have in him. They want, to, they want him to go down, continue that, continue developing his game. And as we know, injuries happen. And he could be right up here uh, very quickly. And then once he gets up here, he makes an impression up here. But I, I thought he had a great camp. He must be happy with the camp he had. And, and it's a great way to finish it. I know people are saying, well, he scored two goals and he sent him down. He was never going to be up here for the last two preseason games because that's when you want your team and you want to kind of get your team ready for for the regular season. And as you said, there wasn't a spot to be won in the top six. I think this is this is the top six that's pretty solidified. Nobody's going anywhere barring injury. So if there was no one injured, he wasn't going to find a spot there. But I think he did make a good impression with the coaching staff. And it was interesting you mentioned the penalty kill because that's something where on this team everybody knows who their first unit power play is. If you know if if you if you're an offensive guy, you got to kill some penalties if if you want to get some extra ice time, right? Like the second unit power play in Edmonton just doesn't get a lot of ice time, nor should it, because the first unit's historically good. And so it leads me to Dylan Holloway. Uh, I know he's on the second unit power play, and obviously last night he was on the first unit. But you think that's a guy that they might start giving a little bit of PK time to at some point in the future? Yeah, that's a guy, He, you know, if he wants to get on the ice, that's how you do it. You're right. The, the, the second unit power play gets what, 30 seconds, if that, yeah. uh, of, of power play time. I think I think last year they only had one goal all year, the second unit, because they were averaging about between 20 and 30 seconds, and they had one goal from the power play. Think of all the power play goals the mm-hmm. owner scored last year. Only one came from the second unit. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, so if, you wanna, if you're not on that first unit power play, which you're not going to be unless – you're McDavid or Drysider or Lugin Hopkins or those guys, then you have to find other ways to find ice time, other ways to, to kind of impress. And if you can kill penalties, uh, and if you're fast in this league, if you're fast, you can go take the puck the other way, and you're a threat to score that shorthanded goal, kind of like Bergol. Holloway has that ability as well. If you're not afraid to block shots, if you if you, can, you have a good stick and can, can get into those passing lanes, yeah, then you're going to be a good penalty killer and you're going to be effective. And the owners don't have to use – McDavid or Drysaddle. I know they will use Drysaddle and they, they will use McDavid on times, but you don't have to use them. That's a luxury to have. Yeah. If you're Dylan Holloway and you, you need more power, you need more ice time, be a, become an effective penalty killer. And that's how you impress. And if you do well on the penalty kill, then you're probably going to get more five on five time as well. Derek Van Deese joins us from NHL.com. Is, is it Raphael Lavoie's job to lose now in the final two games as far as the 12 forward spot goes? I think so. You know what, Jason? I was kind of impressed with Adam Ernie last night. I, I thought he was all over the ice. I thought he made a lot of good plays. And I think it's, it is Raphael Job's job to lose in a sense that the owners may lose him if he doesn't stick in Edmonton. They may, they have to wave him to send him back down. And I think there's, there is some interest there. He's had a really good, strong preseason. So he has that going for him. But yeah, I think he's, I think he's done enough to start here personally, but I do think there are guys challenging for that spot. And, and I think that's what the owners want at the bottom half of their lineup. They want competition for spots. And I think the leg up that he has is that he has to clear waivers to go back down. And he may not clear waivers because I think a lot of people see, hey, here's a 25-goal scorer in the AHL, a young guy, developing guy, can skate, has great size. Why wouldn't you take him? And I think that that's one of the reasons why he will stick here. Uh, and it's just up, it's up to him to kind of make the most of the opportunity. I think he's had a great camp so far. 
but I think there's been a lot of good competition for that spot, for that 12th forward spot. And, and I thought last night they both played well, but Adam Ernie did stand out to me. Just the little things that he was doing, winning puck battles, clearing the puck, making good passes. So there is competition there, and that's just going to elevate everyone in that bottom half of the lineup. Did Woodcroft get any update on Brett Kulak, who was supposed to play and was a late scratch? Is it just minor, or what's up with him? Yeah, he said it was minor. He said it's bumps and bruises. So obviously Kulak couldn't play. He wasn't out there today. So we asked him about Kulak. And, of course, uh, you know, Mateus uh, Ekholm is not out there. Ryan McLeod is not out there. So he said that those guys will be ready to go for opening night. So they got a week now for opening night to get ready to go. Now, whether or not Ekholm or, or and McLeod get into exhibition games or preseason games, uh, they're not playing tomorrow. So yeah. there's only one left on Friday. So if they're not playing tomorrow, odds are they're not ready to go Friday. He said they're comfortable with those guys kind of just jumping into the regular season. They've been around. They're professionals. They may not need an exhibition game or two. Uh, but Kulak's going to be interesting because I think there is some competition for that, for some spots on the blue line. I think there's been some blue liners that have done well, and if they play with seven defensemen, who knows if they're going to go 12 and 6 or 11 and 7. I know there's pros and cons for both of those uh, systems, but uh, yeah, he just said it was bumps and bruises with Kulak, so we'll see uh, what the situation is then, but you know, downplaying it, Jay Woodcroft saying nothing serious. If it was playoffs, those guys would be in the lineup. What have you made of Vincent DeHarnay in training camp and preseason? Oh, I like his physicality. I think that there's something we said about that. I still think that um, he's, he's still young and he's still making mistakes. And I think uh, because I think he because he had such a good start to the season, like when he came in here, the Oilers play were playing so well. I think they they hadn't lost. I think they lost one game in like twenty or something like that when he was playing. So. He was playing so well, and then now, then he, when he was exposed a little bit, then you kind of saw, kind of, kind of came back down to earth. He hasn't blown me away, but I do like the fact that he's physical. He's, I like the fact that he's not afraid to get mixed up in things. Uh, and the owners need that on the back end. They need that physicality on the back end. He's just got to be careful not to get exposed, not to get walked, and things like that. He's got to make the right play at all times. Uh, he's a steady guy. Um, that really a steady guys like that don't stand out because they're doing their job. If you're doing your job, you're not going to stand out. If you're standing out, it's probably standing out because you're doing something wrong or or, or you're you're missing a check or or things like that. So I think he has stood out in that regard a little bit this preseason. Um, But, you know, he's he's really got to step up his physicality. And obviously you like his size. He skates well for a big guy. He's just, I think, got to make better decisions with the puck when he has it, in my opinion. Uh, the goalie rotation, expecting Skinner again tomorrow and then Campbell on Friday? Yeah, I think that's it. They're both going to have – they're both going to play a full 60. So, And then Jay Woodcroft said that the starting job on opening night is still up in the air. Um, you believe so him? I think it's going to be interesting to see. No, I think Skinner will start in Vancouver, and I think uh, Jack Campbell will start here in Edmonton. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's what the way I, I think it's leaning. Um you know, uh, you know, Skinner starts in Vancouver. Not a lot of pressure. Go out there, play well. I think they want to see how Jack Campbell is. He really back? Is he really the guy that can handle being the owner's number one goal kept uh, goaltender? Know that pressure got to him last year. He was so hard on himself. He almost felt sorry for him at times, just being so hard on himself. He's so bad. They wanted to help the the, the team win, uh, and it just didn't go his way, and it kind of just steamrolled on him. So I think I think my Skinner will start in Vancouver. Uh, he's played well in the preseason. Uh, Jack Campbell's been extremely well. I think Jack Campbell, the first game he had, he didn't have much of a lineup in front of him in Calgary, oh. and he stood on his head. And I think that was by design. It was like, hey, okay, 
you know, see what you can do. Give, you know, build yourself some confidence. Uh, and then I thought last night he was fantastic. And the owners were getting out, oh. brutally outshot through two periods. It was the puck was in one end all, all, all game, and he kept them in there. And then they were able to kind of turn things around in the third. But listen, if the owners can get both of these guys going, if they have a one A and one B, if they get both of these guys going. Uh, you know that's going to be a huge for the for the Edmonton Oilers. They they want to play better defensively. They want to play better in front of their goalkeepers this year. And if they will, and if they do that, uh, they want that goals against to go down. They don't want to beat teams five three, five four, six four. They want to beat teams you know four 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 one things like that. They want to give up less than two goals a game, um, which every team does, of course. But they want to keep that offense there. So that's the the trick is is lowering those goals against while trying to keep your goals four up. And I think. A game like last night was pretty indicative of the type of goaltending you need to be able to do that and to take over a game late in the third period. But I think right now, uh, Oilers fans got to be happy with the way Jack Campbell has played, and uh, it's got to be a bit of a sense of relief knowing that this guy is a good goaltender. I think he's just a good goaltender that had a really bad season, and things aren't going to get worse for him. I think now he's put that behind him, and he's going to go on, and I think he's going to have a good year. DVD, thanks for this as always, my man. We'll see you at the rink tomorrow. Have a good one. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Jason. That's uh, Derek Vandes from NHL.com. Do you agree with DVD? We got a lot of texts. We asked the question, who would you have as your fourth-line center to start? Lots of different opinions. Let us know. 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. We'll return wrap up a busy Tuesday edition of The Gregor Show live on Orders Nation YouTube and Sports 1440. We continue on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Tuesday afternoon, how are you? Jason Greger alongside... Connor Halley should mention today I stopped in cons as you know I'm a big fan of the uh, the meat and the uh, the maize balls at uh, Meatheads on the West End did you know that uh, 15% off uh, Tuesday at Meatheads and meats are a little uh, pricey right now that's a big savings man so uh, get the maize balls and the best handmade sausage in Edmonton it's unreal 
I'm telling you right now, if you haven't gone to Meatheads on the West End, stop on 49th Street, you should. It's good. Real good. Remember the Amazeballs cons? I brought oh, yeah. They yeah. were unreal. Right in uh, Rio Terrace there? Yeah. Right on there. My sister actually lives over there, so I, I drop in quite often. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would... Uh, I would check it out. If you uh, if you like it, you know, it's a uh, 76th Ave, 156th Street. All right. I actually had to look up the address. I didn't memorize it. So, but that's where you go. If you're thinking about it, you're on the white mud right now and you're like, oof, I'm just going to take a quick detour. Check it out. You won't be disappointed. It's good. And just so I don't get people coming after me, it's Patricia Heights. Oh, it's okay. just right across from Rio Terrace. Oh, okay, so. okay. I know there's some people that would have texted in there for sure. Hey, guys, serves the Jays right for partying like jackasses after loss. Bad karma from Al. Well, here's the thing in baseball. This is a time-honored tradition. You play 162 games, and you celebrate when you get in the playoffs. That's just how—now, you can say you don't like it. But that's not why they lost, because the Minnesota Twins celebrated. The Milwaukee Brewers celebrated. Every team that clinches celebrates. Everybody in baseball. So you can't say, wow, that's why they lost. It's karma. Well, because the the winning team celebrated too. So, yeah, I don't uh, I, I don't get that. Right? Like, it's the season's twice as long. Like, it's a grind. 162 games. Sure, you haven't won anything, but... Just because you celebrate the steps along the way doesn't mean you're looking past or you're satisfied. Right? There's lots of World Series winning teams that celebrated crazily after they clinched a playoff spot. So, there you go. They're going to celebrate after this round, too, when they haven't won anything. And then they're going to celebrate again when they win. I just don't get why we haven't got used to it. Why are people... Like, is this is just every year it's going to be an annual tradition of people getting fired up because of this? Or maybe they don't, I don't know, maybe they're they're not watching what the other teams do, which is fine. I get it if you're not watching every team celebrate. That's okay. But just, just so you know, all the MLB teams do. That's every sport's different. We don't need all the sports to be cookie cutters and everybody celebrates the same. We don't need that. It's boring. So I don't have a problem with it. Hey, Greg's, what about Hamlet as the fourth line center? That one comes from Stewart. It's pretty good in faceoffs. Uh, yeah, he is. Hasn't taken a lot, though, at the NHL level, but he's also put on waivers today. So um, now, unless they're putting him on waivers, which doesn't mean they have to send him down. But I think they did put him on waivers for purpose of a reassignment, which usually means he's going down. So uh, him and Seth Griffith went down today. So I don't think James Hamlin uh, would be there, but he could be a recall during the season. We'll see. So Ernie's still here. Malone's still here. Peterson's still here. Raphael Abbas still here. And... Three of those players will not be here when the regular season begins, unless there's like a rash of injuries between now and next Wednesday. Hey, guys, I hadn't really thought about Holloway, but I kind of like your strategy, Gregor. I'm with you. I'm not sure Derek Ryan at his age has the speed. I love his smarts. I love his intelligence. I like how he shoots the puck, can win key faceoffs at times. He could take the uh, odd draw for you. But as a full-time center iceman, I think Holloway would be better. Only problem is I'm not sure Holloway can take defense of his own faceoffs. That's fair, right? I'm not saying it's ideal, and I'm not even saying it's a legit possibility. It was just as I was thinking outside the box, I was like, if I have Lavoie with Holloway and Yanmark, that might interest me more than Ryan, Lavoie, and Yanmark. That's all. So, 
We'll see. Guys, I think I've realized people hate watching people have fun and enjoy life. Same with getting annoyed at Taylor Swift at a football game from Jordan. Well, Jordan, you know what? You might be onto something. Certain people, and maybe it depends on how you view things. If you're a glass, if you're a glass half empty person, you're going to find more things annoy you. I think if you're a glass half full, three quarters full, which I believe I am, I think you're going to, you, you, it's easy for me to find the positive in things more than the negative. That's just how I am. I, you know what? My wife kind of jokes about it all the time. Something bad will happen and I'll be like, eh, yeah, you know what? Now, that doesn't mean I get, don't get frustrated. Don't get me wrong. I can snap very quickly, but um, I don't, uh, I just, I don't know. To me, it's, it's kind of wasted energy to, to want to focus on the negative. Because could a negative happen? Yes, but so could a positive. Hey, Greg's. I turned on the Leaf game yesterday, and they were talking up your nephew Noah pretty good and how he's earned a spot. Are you going to be able to cheer for the Leafs this year from Tim? <laughs> well, Tim, uh, this is this is what will happen. I will cheer for Noah. Now, he happens to be playing for Toronto, which means, you know what? I'll, I'll be able to watch him anytime I want at a much earlier time, so I do like that. But... And I've always, and the thing is a lot, like I've liked watching the Leafs. They're an entertaining team, right? I don't like the Leafs, but they're an entertaining team to watch. I don't have a problem with it. I'm not like a guy who's like, oh, Austin Matthews is terrible. Kind of like Austin Matthews' personality. He's one of the few superstars that's not afraid to say something. But no, I won't be rooting for the Leafs. But have I, you, I'd be rooting for Noah. Have you asked him about going from San Jose to Toronto and just like oh, mentally ex- being ready for that? Oh, it's not a problem for him at all. It's no. a, you know what? Well, a, he's going from a team that's most likely going to win more games than they lose, so that'll make it easier. And, hey, let's be honest here. he He's not Marner. He's not Matthews. He's not Nina and Tavares. He's not make, like, they got so many guys making huge dollars there in Toronto. You know what? If he goes in and scores 10 to 15 goals, people are going to be like, oh, great signing. There's no <laughs> pressure on him. Um, You know, being in a hockey market uh, will be fun. I don't, uh, and he's not too, you know, he's not too worried about it at all. Uh, in the brief conversations, I actually quite liked it. Like he's a big sports fan, right? So he's already been to a Jays game. Obviously, he's looking forward to going to Raptors game. You know, he's been to a Golden State Warriors game and stuff when he was in um, uh, San Jose. So I don't, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue. And the thing is, Toronto's so big. Like a guy yeah. like that, he can walk around Toronto. Not, not everybody's going to know who he is, right? So I, you know, in Edmonton, most fans know every player on the team. Not the same in Toronto. Just because you got like, what is the city, eight times the size? Right? There are actually lots of non-sports fans in Toronto. I don't know what they do with their life. I don't even know what kind of life they have as non-sports fans. But evidently, there's a few of them. That's how it goes. Hey, Greg's. I think everybody's overthinking it. Lane Peterson's the best option. Just put him in there. Raphael Lavoie, I'm not sold. He'll even get claimed on waivers from Doug. Well, Doug, that's the million-dollar question. Will he get claimed on waivers? We will never know unless he's put on waivers. Now, if I can understand why there'd be some trepidation by the orders organization. They don't have a boatload of prospects. And to lose one for nothing on waivers is an ideal. So I think either Lavoie was going to have to really stink out the joint in preseason or somebody was just going to have to play lights out. Like, Adam Ernie's played okay, but I don't think Adam Ernie's played that well that you're like, well, geez, I would risk losing Lavoie. Same with Peterson. So, 
That's why I think it's still Lavoie's job to lose here in the next two games. Enjoy the NL baseball playoffs tonight. We'll have Oilers, Flames tomorrow. Also, a very special guest joining us in studio 3 o'clock tomorrow for Who Is It Wednesday? Should be fun. Should be very fun. On behalf of uh, Connor Halley, Declan Kruger, Sean Brown, I'm Jason Greger. Thanks, as always, for joining us. If you missed any of the interviews, go to jasongreger.com. And, of course, our podcast is up anywhere where you get your podcast. And be sure to subscribe to Orders Nation Facebook page. Lots of prizes can be won when you subscribe. Here is a Sports Center update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, where the rates never change. Your furnace conks out? Guess what? There's no overtime charges. They'll come and fix it. I tell you, build a legacy at legacyheating.ca. Good night.